Don't put this on. (laughs) (laughs) Cut, cut. So we're going to be talking about misinformation and disinformation. Disinformation is actually a word. Yeah, I mean, what's the, what's the difference? I always, I've always previously used uh, misinformation. Disinformation is when you purposely try to distort the information. Yeah, so misinformation is not deliberate and disinformation is deliberate. Yeah, um, exactly. Which helps set up um, a really good foundation to what we're going to talk about. So, Eba Bush. Yes, Eba eh. Bush, the party leader of... Uh, the Christian Democrats, she went out on an interview at Sveriges Ekot, the Swedish radio, and she pretty much, she talked a lot, she talked for like 30 minutes, but what the Swedish media or the, the Swedish radio did is that they cut out some pieces from her talk and they made it sound so much worse than it actually was. So what she said, uh, at some point, she said like the police should have shot them uh, no, at some point, at, at some point, she said the, poli- the the police should have shot. And then a bit later on, on the interview, she asked a question: Why do we? She she had like a monologue about the Swedish state should be able to defend its people. The police should have the right to be able to defend the country, and we cannot have this kind of like madness and chaos going on the street. And then she said, Why do we have uh, one hundred Islamists who are undamaged? And uh, we have 100 um, police who are hurt. Why isn't it like vice versa? And what the Swedish radio did is they cooked it up. They took all these two parts and they made it seem they took they took out everything else that she talked about, like law, law and order. And we should not like back away from criticizing religion, criticizing, you know, um, you know, the Swedish liberal democracy of openness and criticism and freedom of speech. And they, they just took like 15 seconds where, where she says, why don't we have 100 hurt Islamists? Why don't we have 100 like, uh, yeah. And they just baked it in a way where, where it made her sound like she, was, she, was, she wants a massacre. She wants death. She wants people to die, which is not the context. And... But it's really interesting that the Swedish radio took no accountability on that. No. Um, However, the Arab, Somali and Kurdish radio channels uh, purposely tried even manipulating her own word, which brings to the larger question. I mean, this is in effect disinformation, but it Mm. brings to the larger question. Was it about what she said or about painting her? in a certain light to mm. come off as a bigot. I mean, we live in the age of social media, especially pre like especially before um like pre 2022 with the pandemic, social media being the m- main source of mass communication and everybody being stuck at home, more time being spent on social media, a lot of the information is consumed through social media which also contributes in uh, political polarization. But before we get into that, I mean, just analyzing how social media has been used uh, to spread disinformation, misinformation, and fake news. It doesn't usually come from the troll accounts, but rather from verified people. And Mm. I don't mean Twitter verified, but like people with a big profile, or in this case, Swedish radio and other radios Mm. being 
deliberately spreading this information right um for their own agenda um to paint a certain light to other people it's not inconceivable that a lot of other people fall victim to such information being spread around especially when you're not in Sweden and you don't know Swedish as well or other channels and you've heard this one side as an arab for instance or um a somali has only heard this one sentence or a few sentences mm. it so quickly turns to create a victim mindset mm. and almost as though that's the only information they'll hold on to to create a better case to how apparently muslims are being persecuted in the west right while completely turning a blind eye to mm. other muslim majority countries right. that are and in fact in the face of that are in the face of um uh, not abiding by human rights for other people mm. but it's so it's it's really interesting how you'll have even muslims in the west who are so easy to criticize maybe misinformation or any small event but would turn a blind eye to what's happening in muslim majority countries mm. on but then at the same time would opt to live in the west as well mm. so almost as though they have stockholm syndrome they mm. do i mean like i i do think that as a muslim and i always when i talk about muslims i re- i refer back to I revert back to myself when I was a Muslim and how I as a Muslim when I was a Muslim I had Stockholm syndrome. I did not truly believe in Islam or Allah but I forced myself to believe it and it was would you say your cultural identity was tied into the label? My cultural identity but even like my convi- my convictions I was trying to tell myself that there was a god and there and he was you know going to fix everything in the world uh, because if he wasn't then the world is kind of pretty fucked right and so you have to have a fixer somehow you have to have a father figure that will you know resolve all the issues especially when you come from a very destroyed and um, when when you come from a part of the world that is very impoverished when people are starving when people are suffering when there's a lot of injustice a lot of corruption a lot of snakes guiding and leading you need some kind of like force to 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 you know resolve these issues and i do think with in the middle east allah and islam works as that kind of like safety net safety net and medicine and in the west it also works because on in the face of being struggling to keep up with the you know with the Swedes and the Europeans in their own countries because they have higher standards with work with education you also fall back onto that you fall back onto you know the the, the safety net of well systematic racism institutionalized racism injustices Europeans used to enslave people that's an a justification for why we're not succeeding as well here but also Allah is 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 on our side or testing us as well of course almost as though their entire life in any like in the west is made to be a test mm. or they live for the afterlife Mm-mm. and so there is i mean i can understand as a young muslim if you're in europe or in the west when you see all of this and you and you encounter or you're opened up to a certain part of the world 
that amplifies misinformation or even injustice, mm-hmm. you're likely to catch on to that and focus on half of the facts mm-hmm. and not the entire fact That's true. or not the entire landscape. Mm-hmm. And you continue to aggravate yourself mm. um, into that mindset as well. So yeah. it's not, yeah, so I, like it's not inconceivable that there are people who don't have, I would say, that amount of patience for, mm. you know, waiting for the afterlife or that hope or that test who end up um, joining uh, radical organizations or mm. adopting a radical mindset as well mm. in any form or like in any political narrative. Right. Versus having a nuanced or a balanced discussion, mm-hmm. or a balanced mindset, rather. All right. In my in my head, I was I was thinking, oh, Omar hasn't spoken for a while now. He should talk. I'm like, oh wait, he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, b- back to um, back to Eba. So what happened was that after the Somali Persian, um, the Somali and Arabic uh, radios uh, falsely translated her what she was saying. A lot of Swedish media were really upset about it and they were saying this is disinformation. A lot of Muslims are getting upset. But here's what I found. I found uh, th- there's there's a website called Al-Kompis, which is financed, financed by the Swedish state. It's an Arabic media. And this website translated it properly. They, they, they wrote the literal translation, which is, Ebba Bush asked the question, why aren't there a hundred hurt or damaged Islamists instead of 100 damaged uh, hurt police and I went through the comments there were around 456 comments and out of the 456 comments there were only six comments that agreed why why didn't we hurt the Islamists instead of the police and the rest of the comments were all the most vile disgusting anti-semitic um, misogynistic, racist comments that I've seen. Like even when the question that is being put is why aren't the Islamists, the terrorists who are trying to kill the police, hurt instead of the police, the vast majority of the comments were horrid. There were even comments saying, uh, I hope that Putin, Vladimir Putin, fixes Sweden. And I hope Vladimir Putin... Uh, what is the word? Denazification? Okay, like an, a Nazi approach? Like, no, denazification, which means like he, what Putin is trying to do is in Ukraine is to remove Nazis, right? Mm. So these people are saying that uh, Putin should come to Sweden and remove the Nazis like Ebba because she wants to kill them. And, 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 the, and are this, these Swedes? Those are like Muslims in Sweden. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're Swedes. You 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 can never know if they're like Swedish citizens or or they, or they just arrived here. I guess. Or, and it was around 456 comments, and I was going through them and studying them and trying to analyze them, and I was just baffled. Like I I wrote an article about it, and I was just stick to my stomach, how. They're not even on our side on defending ourselves from the Islamists. They don't differentiate between Islamists and Muslims. They they see it as that these Islamists or so-called Islamists are defending Prophet Muhammad. They're defending Islam from the Quran getting per- burned. Like the very book, the Quran has to be protected to the point that even if it's terrorists or Islamists who are throwing stones and trying to kill the police, 
then we defend them. And it, it just shows you at what kind of like cultural war that's ongoing in Sweden and in Europe where the, the actual fight is between the West and Islamic uh, extremism. And it, it just gets clearer and clearer and f- more frightening and more frightening by the time. And But it's also God. like one point to be made is also that the Muslims who don't see it this way are often silenced or critiqued by other Muslims. Mm. They're, they're silenced into submission as well. Their voices are also not amplified. Mm. Um even though it is well, alarming. If if, sorry for interrupting, but if I'm going to be honest with you, in this particular thing, like what's going on in Sweden, the vast, vast, vast majority of Muslims, like 99 at least percent of Muslims, are on the side of this guy should not be burning the Quran and not completely for the violence but they're like mostly don't burn the quran or else is it more victim blaming than yeah or rather like they had it coming because they had it coming and like in in the the comments that i was translated there was a comment that was saying yeah good try try again and we will shut sweden down this is just a little bit of what we're capable of and there is this like steroided hate and anger and violence against anything that is critical of islam and the inf- like for me it doesn't matter if the the swedish well it doesn't matter that the swedish media is literally falsely accusing so here's the thing sweden's radio the arabic um, the arabic side went out and apologized for the, the falsely translating and you know what they did when they wrote we're sorry there there we apologize for the mistake that we made and the mistake had quotation marks which they're literally making fun of of, of people who are criticizing like oh as if she didn't mean the muslims yeah which is exactly what i was trying to say in mm. the start whether they're intentionally tr- or deliberately even trying to paint her as um a perpetrator I mean, you know, ad hominems aside or whatever she stands for aside, we should take what she said at account, Mm. not everything else that other people would like to stand for. But it is really alarming that the Swedish radio, would you consider that is a mostly left wing? There were there's research that shows that they asked journalists and they asked journalists if uh, what party political party sympathies they have and so the 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 swedish democrats and the christian democrats which which are the like the right-wing conservative parties they make up around both parties they make up close to 30 percent 28 percent of the party you know how how many how much percent of people who work for the public service sympathize with them zero percent like when it comes to representation in, in public service there's none. If you have any conservative ideas, if you're conservative, if you have right-wing views in Sweden, you will not get... Even if you take the moderates, so the moderates, the Christian Democrats, and the Swedish Democrats, and these three political parties pretty much make up half of Sweden, 50% of the, um, of the, of the country. All of these... Uh, uh, half of the Swedish population, by the, public ser- by the public service, they're represented by maybe 5% or something like that. It's insane. When you enter 
the public service house, SVT or Swedish radio, it is leftist dominated and not even social democrat, like the, the, the centrist, you would say, political party, the leading political party. No, 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 no. They are like majority of the sympathizers in these uh, journalistic sectors are left wingers like leftist party or green parties which are like extremely anti-conservatism anti like these are the kind of people that believe that you and i are fascist um and just because we criticize islam it would be really interesting for somebody to say that to my face they would never say it to your face (laughs) it's only online that they dare because when they're you know confronted by you then they creep back because they know that they're that all of their arguments are ridiculous really um but so yeah there's just like leftist bias uh by the media and not just sweden and i wonder how they would react to those comments on that article when they're like we will shut sweden down that is the same vigilante behavior that Mm. um was in those riots obviously and many other riots in the last two years Mm. like i said the political polarization that comes from um you know, misinformation, the spread of social media, the spread of information on social media as well. Mm. And it's it's quite concerning that, you know, you're pledging alliance to people who are wanting for, you know, Putin to bomb Sweden yep. or to destroy Sweden. It does I, not shock me. It does not surprise me, actually. I feel I feel like they haven't really had a reality check. I think they're still living and by they I mean like a lot of the people who do not see what is clearly wrong with the riots or with this deliberate account of mistranslation mm. um do not understand who their allies are or who they want to be allies with. Mm. Um and that's and that's our biggest downfall, isn't it? where we've where we've given pathway to a lot of the extremists to even have like you know those comments should not exist mm. those users should be blocked at the same time is censorship the right way to go mm. like what is a way forward from this and how close are we getting to this right. from my understanding with the quran burning in general i know a lot of people in my surroundings not knowing their political ideas were quite against the riots mm. you know they they don't even have to support the book burning or yeah. whatnot but they were against the riots which really kind of you know starts up the conversation where are our taxes going if they're not going into protecting like why am i paying this mm. And paying at that, like, one of the highest taxes in the world. And, and exactly. And riots like these are exactly what gives arm to uh, far-right extremists as well. Yep. And, you know, the, the, interestingly, the uh, okay, so, so there's a very important point to make here. Rasmus Paladin, his main point is to eradicate all Muslims and non-white people from Europe. That's his intention. That's what he wants. And that kind of like puts more fire, uh, puts more fuel to the flame. Because had it just been a random Islam critic, like say Omar Omar Makram, our podcast colleague, if he organizes the same thing and he says, I just hate Islam, I don't like the prophet and 
whatever, and he organizes it all around Sweden, he would get maybe not as much riots, but he would still get a lot of riots and a lot of hate. But the fact that the person who is initiating these uh, book burnings, his intention is eradicating Muslims and non-Muslims, Muslims and non-white people, is what's making people, like even all of cultural Sweden against these uh, book burning. Um, so they, they tell you like, so what is the intention of this person? It is not to criticize Islam. It is to say, because like uh, Rasmus Paladin has even said, and I quote, it doesn't really matter. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would not want to have 40,000 um, Christian N word in Europe either. So to him, it's not about Islam or if it's about Christianity. It's, it's about purely race. It's purely racist. Exactly. He, he just does not want non-white people in his country. But and, he literally put a bone out there, and they went to fetch it. Yeah. Yep. Like literally proving his point. Sadly, and um, but but like the thing is, he, they didn't really prove his his point. Is he doesn't want to have any white people in 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 Sweden non-white people exactly but I think the point that he was trying to make um, there are a lot of points that he was trying to make and the the ones that did go through is the fact that the cultural segregation and the different cultural understanding in Sweden is is so vast that there will be endless serious conflicts as a result of the migration that happened but the point that he was trying to make that um, I don't want any non-white people here I don't think he he succeeded at that. No, he didn't. No, because like it's kind of like people are aware, like Swedes and Europeans are aware that the the issue in in Europe is not about co- skin color or race. It is about values. It is about culture. Uh, I don't there- see many voices speaking out against that. I feel many voices are either silenced or come from a bigoted point of view. Mm. Or, um, they're, yeah, no, I think the two, like, it's always the two. Yeah. Because they receive so much, you know, backlash. Right. And I don't know what a way forward is. I don't know how Sweden or Swedes plan to progress if they're not being critical of, uh, you know, the very, you know, the issue at hand, misinformation, disinformation, mm. um, or even the larger issue in terms of free speech mm. and how they plan to balance that or how they plan to be at launch campaigns to emphasize on their values mm. or their integration programs. The other part of misinformation that just popped up to my mind was, um, and we may have briefly touched on it in when we were talking about Nyan's, um, the political party, mm. was um, how Nyan's used uh, the social service system for children um, in Sweden, where apparently it was only Muslims' children's children that were taken away from um, well, their household. Well, it wasn't just Muslims. It wasn't. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't. But that's the information they you know, looked at, exactly. That's the information they told the world. And somehow you get comments from like all over the world who have no idea what the the Swedish policies are. Mm. Surely it's not perfect. There's always changes, there are always mistakes and there are always going to be 
things that we need to work on. But the fact that they only lynched on to one specific fact, which was it was only Muslims, kids were taken away, mm. converted to Christianity, or um, are often raped by their foster parents. Which has happened. There has yeah. been cases of the Muslim children getting raped by the pair the new parents but it's a very tiny minority it does not reflect like the, the how reality actually looks like but Absolutely. they take that tiny little story and they run with it and as a result the the main narrative is they're taking our children it's also the same thing with the fact that they take a lot of the children because they're getting abused they're getting brainwashed or getting told that they have to wear the hijab they can't go out there's a lot of oppression that you and i and omar talk about a lot and when that happens so they're like they want to take away our culture no they want to take the oppression not the culture but they see it as they want to take our away our children they want to make them christian and they want to rape them which is which is so interesting if they can't if a lot of people cannot distinguish between their culture being oppressive mm. And that that's all that they're focusing on. Um, the fact that they've adopted such um, archaic practices and, con- and you know, continue to defend them uh, using different means, of course. One of them will be attacking the social services in Sweden. Surely, yes, they need to be improved as well. And there needs to be a better understanding of you know, where these kids are coming from and what is the appropriate measure. Mm. Um, at the same time, I, you have to, it surprises me that the outside world have clinged on to this mm. to, in fact, gain more sympathetic views in Sweden. Mm. And I just, I just crawl through Islamist Twitter on... <sighs> Why? I just, I, I just have a look at mm. how so many people, like not just in the, not not just in the context of Swedish politics or Swedish systems, cling on to oppressive means and use fear tactics to get to other people. Mm. It was just was it Elon Musk? You know that uh, put out a tweet recently where he said, "If I die for unknown reasons, it was good knowing you all." Mm. And you have. I would say an Islamist commenting on it, alluding that he's going to hell unless he, um, unless he submits and you know like um, finds his right path or finds a creator. And Elon Musk replies, "Well, if hell is the place that I'm going to, fair enough. Looks like a lot of the people are born there." <laughs> like you know, the fact that the, the the fact that a lot of these people are succumbing to fear tactics. Um, tells you a lot about how insecure they might be in their faith. Mm. Um, I feel like religion should be treated as um, your genitals. Keep it away from everybody else. Mm. Happy for you to practice it. Happy for you to do whatever you want with it. Just keep it away with other, from other people. Right. There was this uh, quote that I don't remember. It was like, uh, religion religion is like a penis exactly it's good if you it's great if you have it but just don't wave it at my face exactly and i think the difference there is that with islam it's not a penis because a penis has to be hidden right with islam it's more like a jacket 
Right. <laughs> and it has to be worn. It has to be waved. It has to be. And I don't talk about common Muslims. I talk about like the adhan. Like, you know, in every country that the Islam has to move to and the mosque has to be built and then you have to have the adhan. You have to proclaim and, and have a call to prayer. I mean, there is there is a, a law against voice pollution, but it's being... Uh, it's being like looked over for the adhan and the the the, the call to to prayer is happening in i think three or four i'm not sure like a, a few states and that's just to begin with yeah but but i i like what you what you said that about like religion has to be something that's just you know private but like that's that's the struggle that we have here that it's not private it's not private but the other thing is also our lack of criticism also aids to um, being unfair to younger kids who grow up in those households. Mm. Like so many girls that I've worked with in my charity have been living in the West. They suffer in the West. Mm. They're not allowed to remove the hijab in the West. Even and it after. hurts even more because they see, and I think that's also a part of the radicalization in the West, is that they see that those other girls and those other boys, they're out living their best lives. They're wearing whatever they want. They're free. And they're aware that it's freedom. They're very aware of it being freedom. And it's, it's just they can't grasp it. And they, they, they built it in their own, they build it in their own heads that what we're doing is the right thing. And they are the bad ones. They are the wrong ones. Their freedom is not really freedom. It's something toxic. It's something disgusting. And that's something that they're being brainwashed into believing. Absolutely. And then you grow up in a society where you only, as men, or even as women, actually, you only tend to respect women who are covered. Mm. And when you see a bare arm, you tend to get, you get aggravated. And you think it's a whore. Yeah, exactly. And you start putting people down. Mm. I mean, the amount of times I've had women say this to me that, you know, at least I'm covered and I'm not just an object. And I'm like, don't you see that you being covered is literally treating yourself as an object? Mm. Like you've created that mindset for yourself to see other women who share the same body parts as yourself um, as less, as absolute objects because you've decided that this is what is best for you and for them mm. because you've been told that information 